Welcome everybody to the inaugural episode of the Shed and Boys. Uh, episode 1, Project Restart. For those of you guys who don't know what Project Restart is, uh, it's an initiative that the greatest football league in the world, the Premiership, the Top Flight, has enacted in order to bring us sports back into this COVID-ridden world. I am your host, Professor X, and with me I have the co-host, Mikey B. And what we're going to do is we want to give you an unfiltered, unbiased take on the Premier League. This first episode is just to kind of give you a feel for who we are. Uh, we are, I, we will say this flat out, we are two proud Chelsea True Blue fans. Uh, but we won't let that get in the way of most of our podcast. So if we're going into our podcast format, you guys can look forward to at least two episodes a week, which is unbiased. It's talking about the entire Premier League season. And our season, our our podcast seasons will mimic the same as the Premier League season. So one season equals one season for us for the podcast. Now, when it comes to Project Restart, we have 92 games in as little as 39 days. So by July 26, all 92 games need to have need to have been played in order to conclude the 2019-2020 season. So, you know, why not start a podcast in this mess? And in all honesty, uh, I, I don't know about uh, the professor over here, but... I'm not in agreement that we should have continued the season. I think they should have ended the season, let the players rest, and then started a new season next year and just gave Liverpool the asterisks they deserve. First and foremost, first and foremost, Liverpool will, at the end of this season, no matter what, for Professor X and other people that follow the Premier League, Liverpool will always have an asterisk mark whether or not it's official or not. Because even if we finish out this season... And here's foreshadowing. Professor X will rant a lot. Even if we start this season and finish it out. Liverpool right now, guys, have a 25-point lead. So even if we canceled it, they are the clear out-and-out -out winners. Only mathematically does anybody have a chance of beating them. Like Liverpool would... Uh, I don't know for you baseball fans out there. There was a season years ago uh in I, I forgot what i think it was like maybe 2008 2009 where like the mets needed to lose like every single game in a two month uh two month span in order to not make it to playoffs and somehow they did it and that was the same year their rivals the phillies won that is what liverpool would have to do like liverpool would have to lose every single game and then the rest of the uh, the rest of the teams out there like uh, man city which we'll cover later on in this podcast because they played uh they were the first one of the first games of project restart would have to win every single game in order for liverpool not to take the title but something that you'll find out with project restart okay 92 games in 39 days. So from a podcast format, literally every single day there will be games. So our episodes that drop on Friday is going to cover all of the all of the games that happen between Monday and Thursday. Then on the our episode on Friday, we'll do a recap of those games, 
Plus, we will give our predictions and we'll let you know what the fixtures are coming up for the weekend. So the Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday game. Like for instance, today, this afternoon, uh, what's it called? Uh, Nor uh, Norwich, Norwich and Southampton. There you go. And then Tot and Tottenham and Man United. They play. So the 1 p.m. game is Norwich City versus Southampton and the uh, afternoon game at 3.15 p.m. Eastern time is Tottenham versus Man United. Exactly. So you, right off the bat, it's going to be very hard for us to juggle all of this, but you know what? We'll do it. It'll be fun. Uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy the so ride with let's us. Let's bounce right into uh, talking about the Aston Villa-Sheffield United game. Well, here's... The VAR travesty. Okay. So, bef this is also a good time to introduce people that don't know anything about the Premier League or football. You're never going to hear us say soccer because it's not soccer. It is world football. Here in America, they play American football, and that's with the pigskin. That's with a, uh, uh, you know, a Super Bowl that only involves one nation. In world football, it involves the entire globe. You know, every country that can field the team plays. Uh, some people have mechanics, other people have professional players playing for their teams, but it is a world sport. So VAR, that is a video assistant referee. Now, we might be under Project Restart, but guess what? VAR has proven to still be as inconsistent as ever. And again, we started off the episode saying that we are Chelsea fans, so we do have some personal gripes when it comes to VAR this season alone. But what happened on Thursday is ridiculous. Out of 9,000 games that have used the video assistant referee, apparently this is the first time ever that the goalpost, the goalie, and the defender all covered seven different camera angles. But the funniest <laughs> thing is, the camera angle that should have mattered is the one that was put on TV. Because I and every person in the world could see that ball went past the goalpost. Not just that. Not just even that. A video assistant referee. It never said that it is video omega supreme. It is the overarching rule and lay of the land. There is still, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never watched a football match, there is a head referee. And then there are line judges. There are assistant referees. We have introduced this season a video assistant referee. What I don't understand is the referee who was the head referee watching the game and the linesman, nobody said, hey, you know what? My watch that usually goes, goal, didn't say goal. So maybe we should rewatch it. Maybe we should do the replay. Like the referee's excuses, well my watch first, didn't say goal. First of all, somebody should smack the line referee. Like your your whole job is to watch for the Somebody type of somebody has been somebody should smack the line referee regardless. We've been saying that for years. What is the point like, of having a line you, referee? You, like I get it. The line referee's there to watch for offsides. You but if you can't see Something as simple as the goalie standing inside the goal with the ball in his hands, like through the netting, 
I might have to say you might need to get your eyes checked. Right. Like, it, and honestly, I'm not an Aston Villa fan. I'm not a Sheffield United fan. I had no stake in this game at all. I mean, all. I'm a John Terry fan, captain leader legend. Who but <laughs> I had no stake in this game at all. I did not care who won or lost. I would rather Austin Villa win because then they come in to uh, play against Chelsea and they're going to lose because usually it's harder to play somebody that just lost than a team that just won. Uh, but ultimately, I didn't have any uh, dogs in this fight. And for for what they did to this team that should have had a win and had three points on the board, I feel bad for them. Oh, yeah. Like, before we go any further into it, because we, we want you guys, especially if you don't really know what we're talking about yet— um, but hey, you're desperate for sports, or you're gonna start watching uh, NBC Sports. Uh, we do want to introduce you with some terminology and some reasons why all of this stuff should be a big deal for you as you become fans, right? So first and foremost, we in in the United States you have things called standings. Well, in the Premier League, you have something called the Premier League table, right? And the table has the top. 20 teams in the top flight or the first division. Think of it like D1, right? So top flight, top flight used to be what the premiership is called now, but the, the terms are used interchangeably. In the 90s, the Premier League was established just like the MLS was established. Now, Premier League and has since gone to kick the MLS's ass, but you can still hear those terms interchangeably, the top flight. Now, the top 20 teams in the country play on this top division. The bottom three teams at the end of the season go down to second division. So if this was like baseball, you go from the big show or the show, you go to triple uh, A baseball, right? Something that I wish, I wish, I wish they introduced more into US sports. Could you imagine? Washington Redskins would be what division? <laughs> like, be, like double A, single they'd A. Arena. They'd be an arena. They'd be arena football. So, like in the in in European, I would say European sports because this is modeled. If you watch the Bundesliga, if you watch Serie A, they and use the same principle. To, to bring it down in even more simple terms, um, the way European football, um, or as Americans like to say, soccer, uh, again. Uh, the way they see it is uh, during the season so the table itself is a season and that season there is no championship game there's the winners and the losers right. of that season now there are tournaments in football like Champions League where or uh, the uh, was it Cabrera Cup uh, oh yeah the yeah the Caribou Cup there Caribou are different Cup. tournaments there, that you can there, play. there's tournaments uh, again that you can play and that those are playoffs those are playoffs to win a trophy and to win right. trophy and money. So, so you have to understand that season itself is just a bunch of games that are played to see who wins the overall season. And then there's tournaments where you can win trophies. Right. So for um, so for my caps, my caps nation, go caps. And for my hockey enthusiasts, this might make sense to you. So in the Premier League, in the Premier League, guess what? Penguins fans winning the President's Cup 
means more than winning the Stanley Cup because the President's Cup is the team that had the best overall stats at the end of the season. The Stanley Cup is just a tournament. So for uh, Mikey B over here, who is a diehard Penguins fan, who talks to me all about how many Stanley Cups they have, cool, you won a tournament, bro. But did you have the best season consecutively, like and the Caps have? So if you took it in a hockey standpoint, the hockey playoffs would be like Champions League, and then the regular season, the President's Cup, would be like a normal Premier Your regular season, yeah. And so the, the bottom teams... The bottom teams get relegated, and then the top, not really the top three teams, but the top two teams in the second division, and then the winner of this like side tournament go up into the Premier League, okay? So that's what we call relegation. So relegation battles means the teams that are in the bubble, you know, like when we do uh, March Madness, Oh, we're going to throw a lot of sports at you because we watch sports and we're suffering withdrawal. So any terminology we can throw at you, we're going to. So like, you know, when you're talking about the dance and you're talking about the, those teams that are on the bubble and it can burst, well, that's relegation zone, right? The bottom, the bottom teams are in that relegation zone and they're fighting for their lives. Well, guess what, guys? Aston Villa is a relegation team. Is a relegation team. Sheffield Wednesday is... A top six team, which is trying to vie. Uh, Mike, uh, Mikey B over here uh, mentioned uh, Champions League, one of the highest international tournaments. The tournament of champions, right, is Champions League. So the the top ranked teams in their respective leagues qualify now in the Premiership because it is one of the best and most competitive. The top four teams get a slot in the Champions League. Well, Sheffield United, when we go through the point scores, is very close. So because they did not get that goal against Aston Villa, well, they didn't get three points. Again, for my hockey fans, a win in the Premiership is three points. A draw is two points instead of one. And losing is losing. Actually, no, no, wait, what am I talking about? Drawing is still one point. It's yeah. one point, and then winning is three points. So it's the same same thing. Where it differs from hockey is that you do not get points for winning in, in regular time and then finish out the game, right? There's a point differential. Here, if the game ends in a draw, it ends in a draw. And sometimes when you really get into the love and mystique of, of, of Premier League football, sometimes a draw will feel as glorious as a win. Because, uh, again, sometimes you're playing a top-tier team, and your team's not uh, a top-tier team. And if you can draw against a, a Liverpool, a, a Man City, a Chelsea, and you're a, you're a relegation team, like your, your team just got a point, right. that, which you shouldn't have gotten. Correct. So from Aston Villa's standpoint... Who right now sit at the table with 26 points. They got a point that they probably shouldn't have gotten. Yeah, they got a point out of it. And that helps them out. So teams like Norwich, who is playing today. Or Watford. Or uh, Watford or Bournemouth, which are also playing. I want to say actually, uh, those teams are kind of looking at it saying, wait a minute, you screwed us, right? Aston Villa should have rightfully have lost. Meaning that if I win, I should move up in the table and not get impacted. But now... 
that might be uh, into some controversy. So let's go over some other terminology before we get into the more of the so Premier League. The table. one I, uh, I'll, I'll say that we say a lot and uh, it'll confuse a lot of people is pitch. Yes. So pitch is the uh, is the soccer field or the football field. Yeah. Uh, so remember, uh, whenever you hear the word "hey" uh, on the pitch, it means on the field. Yeah. Let's settle it um, on the pitch. Settle it on the field. Boots. Are your soccer cleats? Cleats. Those yep. are what you put on to get out there to You're play the game. You're never gonna hear cleats. You're always gonna so hear boots. boots and studs. Studs themselves. So, like, if you do a stud up tackle, that is somebody who is sliding into the opponent with their cleats facing up. So, which they is a red even, card? Yeah, that's a pretty. It's not always. 100% red card it should really because it's a dangerous okay. tackle it's a it's a red card for everybody but a guy named Maguire <laughs> you know who you are uh, especially if you do two footed one footed studs up it, it's going into like a yellow card it also depends on how high your leg is uh, but th again more point that you're never going to hear cleats because even the cleat aspect of the shoe is called a stud uh, you have fixture you're not going to hear you might hear some matches because of NBC Sports, but you're never going to hear game. It's it's always uh, considered a fixture. Uh, we also have things called physios, which are doctors. So when a player gets injured on the field, the physios go out. So if you ever wonder what they're talking about, they are just the medical staff and that go out. It's not coaches; it's managers. Managers, and if depending on. Your fandom, depending on who you're listening to, maybe podcast-wise, or if you're in a pub and a bar, you're going to hear the term gaffer. Gaffer and manager are, are interchangeable, and they mean coach. So our current manager right now is Frank Lampard, or Super Frank from Super back in the day. Super Frank. So you'll hear the Chelsea fans screaming either Super Frank or Super Gaffer. Yes. Now, this, this part here is something that I wish... American sports could capitalize on because I think it is a money maker. So we don't say jerseys in the Premier League. We say kit. It's a kit. And there is a first kit, second kit, third kit, or also known as a home kit, an away kit, and an alternate kit. Now, your first kit is your primary colors. So for all you American uh, sports enthusiasts, it is your primary home colors. Your uh, your second kit, your away colors are typically like your white colors and not your solid uh, like your solid team colors. And then your alternate is usually some like I don't know Chelsea. Typically, um, it is usually our reference. They usually go with like some like neon greens or they go with something that's completely outside of their natural color spectrum. And it's to just kind of break it up. And it's not always used. It's typically used for like tournament play. It it's 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 a team's ability to actually put out something that fans would like that it wouldn't typically be in their normal color sets. Yeah, it's more about um, something that Mikey B hates is the whole, it's more stylish, right? So this whole nature of where jerseys or kits used to be like really uh, plain, now they're very FIFA-oriented, super stylish with a lot of uh, abstract uh, prints like the Chelsea home kit for this year, which he absolutely detests, but I love. 
um, is a deconstructed Stamford Bridge, which is the Chelsea Cathedral where magic happens. But the second and third kit for Chelsea this year were absolutely amazing. And they were very simplistic, very straight to the point, and looked amazing. Which is cool because like they were simplistic, but not because like the second kit was a, uh, an Art Deco 1960s inspired theme. And the alternate kit, which is by far my favorite, and I own it, is a 90s grunge uh, inspired theme. But the reason why we mention uh, that it would be profitable is that every year, the jerseys or the kits, I'm, I'm, I'm introducing you to this new term, the kits change every single year. And, new kits come out. And with new kits, sometimes you get new sponsorship. Correct. So the, the most unique thing about the, uh, um, the world of uh, Premier League football or football in general is that the uh, kits themselves, uh, you have sponsorships on them. And it could be, as of right now, it's Yokohama for Chelsea. Right. Uh, it's uh, Chevrolet for uh, Man United. <laughs> so gaudy. Um, it's the Emirates for a lot of teams. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a joke there's a joke going out uh, around the internet for the past couple of years that it's just like, does the does the Islamic world own all of the football teams? Because everyone seems to be sponsored by Etihad Airways, Qatar Airways, uh, Fly Emirates, <laughs> uh, but those are just corporate sponsors. Uh, that that play and on there. We're 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 actually changing sponsorship for the next uh, the next campaign. Uh, we we're going from Yokohama, who we've had for a few years, to three three. It's like a it's a Wi-Fi cellular company in England. Um, but the, one of the reasons why we mention it is if you got if you kind of go by American uh, sports viewership, you're like the Chelsea Yokohama. You're like the Man United Chevrolets, and it's because the, the the flagship emblem at the front of your jersey is no longer your team logo or your number. There's a thing called a crest, which is placed on the top, this is great radio, top left side uh, right above your heart, and that's your, your, your team emblem, and you have your own mascots and names, right? Chelsea are the Chelsea Lions. They are the pride of London. Uh, but you have Manchester United, which is also known as um, uh, what? Oh wow, the Red Devils. Uh, you have Tottenham Hotspurs, which are just known as pussies, or they're also known as the Spurs. <laughs> it's <just laughs> interchangeable, really. You have the Gooners, uh, which is Arsenal. Uh, you have the Citizens for Man City. So don't think that the sponsorship on the front of their jersey has anything to do with their actual name, because it doesn't. They're just the people that paid the highest amount of money uh, in order to and, put themselves on there. And some teams will have multiple sponsorships. Like yes. If you look at Everton, they have Angry Birds usually <laughs> on their left shoulder. That's new. And, <laughs> and they have uh, their, their main sponsorship on their chest. So if they need more money, they look for more sponsorship and they have more space. They get that life. Angry Bird money. They, they, they need angry, to buy players, they get that Angry, angry Bird, Bird money. money. <laughs> get that extra sponsorship on your uh, your kit. Which, if I'm not mistaken, the NBA has started to, to do. And then you can also notice um, the financial uh, security of a league internationally by the amount of sponsorships that they allow on their jerseys. So like in the Premier League, 
it was a, it was a fight tooth and nail to add extra sponsorship on one of the sleeves. So now every team has one main corporate sponsorship on the front of their jersey or kit, and then they have it on uh, on their it's either their left or the right side. They can't have it on both sides. Um, for Chelsea, it's Hyundai is is our our uh, secondary our secondary emblem, uh, our secondary sponsorship. But other teams, like in France or in Italy, for instance, they are covered head to toe in sponsorships because it they takes a like, lot of money. They look like NASCAR. Yeah, or like motocross. <laughs> they look like motocross people. They they they, <laughs> they they really fill up those kits with uh, every nook and cranny being covered. But again, a lot of the teams, especially if you look at the top tier teams, uh, teams that, and other leagues in the top four, uh, and then for, for the Premier League in the top six, those teams really don't need it. Their fans are actually bringing in the money and they don't actually need the same amount of money as some of the lower mid-table teams. Um, and I think it's also like a it's a it's a level of pride ship and, 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 and looking clean. Like they, they don't want it to be like too heavily... I mean, there's the I'm using air quotes, guys, but like this whole like money machine. I mean, ultimately, Project Restart. Let's be honest. The reason why we're restarting the league uh, and not just calling it a uh, just not just scrapping it after Liverpool already has a 25 point lead, it's because of the fact that there is a lot of money to be lost, not just from the Premier League teams, like teams like Chelsea, Man United. Um, I'm, I refuse to say Tottenham but Man City even Arsenal they have the financial capital that they can they can deal with scrapping the rest of this season but other teams in the division you look at the bottom of the table they um, can they furloughed a lot of players yeah uh, like like there's uh, a lot of those lower especially the bottom six the bottom six teams you could end up losing your team uh, which is, is crazy to think and there's been plenty of history if you go throughout the history there are plenty of teams that have been relegated and just lost their teams right um and that that the, that even puts more because like for a team that gets promoted right so it's a new terminology promoted so a team that went from the uh, from the second division up to the top flight up to the premiership they got promoted it is millions and millions of dollars of of just ad money just, just advertisement, viewership, like all of those. There's a, a massive financial incentive to want to get promoted. There's also a massive financial, uh, uh, a, ma- a massive financial uh, motive to not want to get relegated because you lose that money. So if you have it in your budget that you are going to buy X number of players or support your staff or do X renovation to your to your stadium using advertisement money gained from being in the top flight and you all of a sudden get relegated, that, is, that can spell disaster. Guys, I, I know you got, some of you are new to this, but there are teams that have gotten relegated and in England, they, there's things as far as like sixth division, seven division, like these are like mom and pop local township games. There are teams that have gone down, like Chelsea themselves. Um, our our team has had a history of getting relegated and then coming coming back up. It is scary. You do not want your team to get rele- relegated. Some teams don't ever bounce back, 
and they get dissolved. So again, something I think that American sports would use, like the American sports for the most part promote mediocrity, really. I mean, the only time a team disappears is when an owner no longer wants to bleed money anymore and they sell it off. Um, but something that's important to know about kids and something that I, I like, and it's gonna segue into another uh, uh, little top flight vocab lesson, is the fact that in the NFL, for instance, in American football, when you are away, you wear your away jersey and the home team wears their home jersey. Well, in the Premier League, you wear your second kit or your away kit. There's a reason why it's called the second kit because it's not necessarily your away kit. You wear your second kit when the team you're facing at their home, their color scheme matches too closely to yours. So for instance, uh, Liverpool this weekend will be playing Everton. Everton wears a blue that is very similar to Chelsea blue. So whenever Everton comes to Chelsea or Chelsea goes to Everton, they will wear typically their second kit. The only time they would do the third kit is maybe for some promotional aspect or when the first and the second kit color schemes match too closely to that home kit so you wear that third kit it allows you to not mistakenly identify your pl uh, the players on the pitch that oh go for it and like you said because liverpool's playing everton they can wear their first kit and it's okay because they're red and yeah everton is blue so premier league if you know if you learn nothing from this Premier League is an age-old battle against Reds and Blues. There are some teams that every once in a while mix it around and try to be thorns in people's sides, rocking some different colors like yellow or white and black. But at the end of the day, if you look at the most successful teams out in the Premier League, Bundesliga, Man uh, United, La Liga, all of them, it's Reds versus Blues. So you got your Chelsea's, the Blues. Which is blue. You got the Man United's, which are Reds. You got Liverpool's, which are Reds. You got Everton's, which are Blues. Leicester, Blues. Yes. So, like, you can go there. Arsenal, and then there's, like, off, off Blues. Like, there's, like, uh, what's it? Aston Villa is Claritin Blue. <laughs> so, like, you have to... You have to look at it as reds and blues, and it's a, it's the same thing in most of the leagues. Um, uh, La Liga is the same way, the same way in uh, Bundesliga, the same way. Right. Uh, and actually, the the only league that's not anywhere close is MLS, um, but they're also not even close in uh, class when it comes to yes. to skill sets. Sorry, so. guys, you're not gonna. You're not gonna like. I, we hope that through the, your journey with us on this podcast, you're gonna learn that the the structure that the MLS uses is it's it's foolhardy and it's prideful. Like it, you're literally telling the rest of the world, we understand that you guys do it this way, but we believe that we will achieve success doing it our way and it's completely different and it's not going to work like when the international world we were uh mikey b and i were talking about this earlier when the rest of the world wanted to get better at basketball do you think that they said hey i'm going to take the nba model and i'm just going to completely revamp it and do it differently no 
they took the rules and they even made certain rules harder. Like the three-point line is way farther. It's way farther away than than NBA rules. So, uh, and we'll we'll throughout this podcast we'll continuously educate uh, on the different words and the different phrases. But let's jump back. Let's jump back right. into the oh, games. Last one. Last one is the concept of home and away because we're going into the games. So, the difference is you will not get the same nomenclature that you do anywhere else. So, in Premier League football, it is. Chelsea at this team. The home team is the first team. In U.S. sports, it is different. It is uh, the Washington Redskins at Ravens, where the home team is a secondary team. Here, it is the opposite. So when we start going over the fixtures, we're going to say things like uh, the game that happened beforehand, Aston Villa hosting uh, um, Sheffield Wednesday. So that those terminologies there, it's going to be different because if you are used to American sports and you look at the TV screen, you're going to think that the first team is playing away. doesn't make sense to you because you're like, wait a minute, what? Now, it might be nullified a little bit because of the fact that there are no fans in the stadiums. But when there are fans in the stadiums, it could be kind of jeering that you're like, why are a lot of the fans here rooting for the other team, right? Rooting for what what I would have perceived the away team. Okay. Now, before we go through the fixtures, do you want to go over the table where we are currently in the table? Let's go through the table at the end. Okay. So, uh let's jump right into the the, the next game. So, we spoke about the the issues with the Aston Villa Sheffield United game. Now we're jumping into the game that's the easiest, which is the Man City versus Arsenal. Man City came out like they should have at the beginning of the season and completely dismantled Arsenal. And Arsenal is looking as bad as ever. Well, see, like, Arsenal Arsenal was very Arsenal-y. I, I think Man City could have played better, um, but Arsenal has had a history of having a lot of injuries. And one of the things that everybody was worried about is you had 100 days off. So footballers went a hundred days without really playing and then they went into playing a match they had a little bit of time to recuperate an average football player could run uh seven plus miles a game ladies and gentlemen this is not a this is this is con- consistent play two 45 minute uh periods right or halves so you you gotta have your lungs you gotta have your lungs and arsenal right off the bat Injuries. Injuries. Um, full disclosure, Project Restart. Typically, you have three substitutions during Project Restart. So from June 17 to July 26, all Premier League teams like the Bundesliga will be allowed five substitutions. Five substitutions. Now, they are marked on specific time periods. Another thing that they added was these water breaks. So there is a water break in each half of the game plus you can only like you can't do five substitutions all at once you first have to do the first three and then once you do the first three then you can do the for, additional two you have to break tra- them up for us traditional premier league fans um this sounds like kindergarten because <laughs> this sounds like what i was 
doing an elementary school sports. I got my snack breaks in between you know, parts <laughs> yeah. of the game. Oh, the rules are ridiculous. Um, and to be, to, to be honest, having five replacement players for a Premier League team helps the top teams. It does. It helps the Chelsea's, the Liverpool's, the Man City's because we have depth because we have money. Correct. They do not, which is an uh, the lower tier teams do not have that same depth, which does not assist them very often. Man City's substitution, I think it was like number four or five, was Sergio Aguero. Again. One of the top strikers in the league. He single-handedly won Man City their first Premier League title a couple of years ago. Like, that's who came off the bench. <laughs> so, there is a disagreement in this game that uh, myself and the professor have is I do not believe that ex-Chelsea star David Luiz aka Sideshow Bob Sideshow Bob <laughs> should have actually gotten a red card Professor believes he should have gotten a red card I believe that David Luiz looked like he was going for the ball enough to have warranted a yellow card Okay, the fact that he is stating enough Enough. It, no. So for, there's. Uh, so David Luiz, first off, thank you, Agent Luiz. Like, as a Chelsea fan, anytime you can make Arsenal look arsenally, I, I will forever be devoted to you. So thank you. But he comes on. He, first off, he comes off. He's a first half substitution. There, Arsenal, who is known for having a lot of injuries. Had an injury at the very beginning of the game, and he comes in. Okay? He comes in, and David Luiz's mistake allows for Raheem Sterling to score his first goal. Or the first goal for the game. I'm going to be honest. That's a very David Luiz thing to do. And he's a defender, guys. He's the defense. He's not a mid. He's not a midfielder. He's, a, he, he's what you call a center back. A so, center back. So he's a center Defenseman. He should be the he should be the Spartan shield before you get to that mangled, cripply dude uh, that was a Spartan. <laughs> yeah, like you got your keeper or your goalie, uh, and he's the he's supposed to be the last line of defense before you get to your keeper. And what happened was the goal happened was the pass came through, and instead of blocking it with his foot, he tried to do it with his thigh. It bounced off his thigh, went straight to Sterling, and Sterling he scored. He like literally redirected now, and gifted it to him. The second mistake is he let a pass get past him. The guy, a guy from Man City, was able to cut the corner, and instead of just going for the ball, because he was going for the ball, he also put his hand on his shoulder, which uh, let the guy fall. Um, therefore, getting himself a red card, which should have been a yellow. Card. So, man, David Luiz, David Luiz is known as he's gotten older to play out of position and not have the legs to get back into position. He plays very far up the pitch. He he. Just so you guys know, David Luiz at one point was was Chelsea's leading scorer a couple seasons ago just because he could he could bend it like Beckham and he was also leading us in assists. So, he's out of position. And the reason why I bring up the first goal is you are brought onto the mat. first off, he didn't start. He should be a starter. So, he didn't start and you guys don't know this, but he also didn't negotiate his contract. So, right now 
within 14 days, he's losing his contract. So you don't start. You're about to run out of your contract. You get substituted in and you allow a goal to go in based off of your negligence. Now, this wing, this winger is outpacing you. He does not play the ball. He played the man. No, he played the ball. He played the man. And it doesn't matter whether he played the man or not. The reason why he got the red card was because it was a... Whenever you deliberately block a goal-scoring opportunity, it is... Now, depending on the referee, unfortunately, we don't get consistency. But blocking a clear goal-scoring opportunity should be an automatic I just, red card. I do want to point out that even the announcers agreed with me that... There, there's a rule that states if if the player is going for the ball the same as the other player regardless if they're in the, the goal or not uh, and the person falls but you still look you can get a yellow card but it won't be an automatic red you could which I feel David Luiz fell in and that he didn't that fight ref, it, that he head ref was a little hard <laughs> The, at the end of the day, David Luiz could have said, you know what? He could have fought it tooth and nail. He's had two red cards this season. Once against us. Yeah. And, and Hence why he hasn't been playing that much. <laughs> That's the other thing. is, And I, I don't get me wrong. I don't believe that a player should get villainized for any reason. Chelsea's had their fair share of villainized players. Some justifiable, others not. But... You know, technically, you should go every single game as a blank slate. The thing with David Luiz is he already has a reputation of making these brash challenges because he is out of position and he can't keep up. So, it's one of those things where, I mean, if you rewatch something over and over again, it, it looks less harsh than what it was. When it first happened, though, I was just like, well, yep, that's David Luiz being David Luiz. In full disclosure, I've, I've always been a really big Sideshow Bob fan, <laughs> so I'm going to always argue on his behalf. And I do not think... Even if he plays for the Gooners. Yeah, even if he <laughs> plays for, for terrible Arsenal. I have a full bad history with Arsenal. All right. We'll cover that later. But... <laughs> Man City wins 3-0 against Arsenal, which is an easy one. We're going to jump into today's games. Norwich City versus Southampton. Who do you have? So Norwich City right now is at the at, they're in the relegation zone. Um, Southampton is one of those mid-table teams, so they're like if you're thinking about college basketball, they're kind of like a, a University of Maryland. They can if they want to do something, they do something, but then they they drop the ball as well. I'm thinking with the first game back in the season for Norwich, I think Norwich I think they win it 1-0. I don't I don't see it being like a, a blowout game. Um I could easily see it going the other way, but I, I just think there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that the season finishes. I, I have a theory that they're just waiting for Liverpool to win it. All like outright, so mathematically, there's no way in chance of them losing it. So that if for some reason COVID flares up, 
and they have to cancel the season, they can announce a clear and out winner. And so for relegation teams, they got to get as many points in before that season possibly gets canceled. Again. And I had I had a chance to watch Norwich this season. Southampton two zero. Um, you think Southampton wins two zero? Yeah, two zero Southampton, and it's only because Norwich. It, I don't think they can. I don't think with the players that they currently have in the pitch and the injuries they currently have, I don't think they can win. Yeah, it's uh, I, 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 if they do win, it's 100% what we call the uh, uh, relegation uh, merge. Like they, they get aggressive because of relegation, and that's it. Yeah, and that's Fighting that means survive. they're playing. They're playing above what they are, actually are. But we'll jump into the next game: Tottenham versus Man United. I'll go first on this one. <laughs> And I will go ahead and say Man United beats Tottenham because I would much rather uh, Tottenham not win this game with Jose Mourinho at the helm. Best case scenario, uh, we get a draw, but I do think Man United, uh, with the way they were playing, will get three points out of this game. I think it's... I I I, I haven't had a chance to, to look too much at what the health levels are. But I can see this game actually being a nil-nil draw, and I can see it being a snooze fest. And the reason why I say that is because Tottenham manager is Jose Mourinho. Man United's old manager was Jose Mourinho. Chelsea's old manager was Jose Mourinho. Frank Lampard is the only manager that has has beaten. A Jose Mourinho team home and away. Nobody's ever done the double. That's a new mm-hmm. terminology for him. I don't think that Jose, Jose would much rather have a nil-nil draw than go out explosive and risk a win. Man United do not look decisive enough to score a goal. Like if they scored goals, to me, it's based off of a Tottenham mess up. And I think with... With uh, with doubts with Harry Kane, how how physical he could be, Dele Alli, Son, like Tottenham has a lot of injuries. I think that Jose is going to park that bus and he is going to hope for no goals whatsoever. So I would go zero zero. Um, but I if it's not zero zero, I do see Man United winning the game. I will say that. And then we'll jump into tomorrow's games, which is Watford versus Leicester City. Oh, he pronounces so well. <laughs> um, so I, I will tell you, uh, Leicester was having a Cinderella season before the break. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, they beat Watford just because of the, we're getting to the end of the season. They beat Watford uh, 1-0. Right. Guys, uh, Liverpool were Leicester a couple seasons ago. Sorry, Liverpool fans, but yes, you were not having a Liverpool season. You were having a Leicester season. Leicester, a couple seasons ago, they were a Cinderella story. They won the entire thing. They had the best uh, record in all of the land, and that was because the top dogs, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, they dropped the ball. Liverpool couldn't even do anything to catch up to them. Tottenham, which was the at one point the close second, couldn't reach uh, uh, couldn't reach Leicester. So I think Liverpool is the new Leicester this season. They're running away with it, uh, based off of what Leicester is capable of doing. And I don't know what everybody's health and fitness. I have to go with Leicester winning this game 
Jamie Vardy, I mean, he, he might be getting older in age, but he is explosive. Like, What's the score? I'm thinking... I went 1-0. No, year. I, I actually... I, I think they can win it 3-0. No. I think they can... They have a they have a really pacey team and they can explode those if they're if they're in, in it to run they can to score it's a shock and awe we don't know yet this is the first game everybody's feeling each other out Brighton Arsenal Bright Brighton Arsenal okay so uh, this is technic this is an Arsenal away match again Arsenal typically does not do well away. Um, they have, they had what two, three injuries already. I see. I would love to say just because I'm not an Arsenal fan, I would love to say that Brighton wins it. Uh, but I, I see it as a zero, a zero, zero draw. I actually think um, just because the 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 manager needs it, I think Arsenal wins one one nil. Uh, against Brighton, they just came off that terrible loss. I think they will pick themselves up against Man's uh, because they they were playing one of the better teams in the Premier League. I do think they beat Brighton one nil. That's fair assessment. What I will say is, for most of these teams here, you're literally playing. There's a game going on every single day until July 26. Teams that have a history of injuries. That's not going to get better if you're playing games every three game every oh, three I, games. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I think Arsenal Arsenal is playing their third their third of the players yeah. of, uh, of when they get to the the end of the season, and which is not very long. Um, now West Ham versus the Wolves. I have I actually I've been following the Wolves the last two campaigns, and I actually love their team. I think they actually have a very very pacey and very good team and they they tend to get really nice players but they just are a mid-table team they're never going to be a, a top yeah. tier team but they're they, they have a really good middle table team and i actually think they beat west ham three nil i i i can i can see that i mean west ham they're popular because of the green street hooligans blowing bubbles in the air they have a, a gritty like west ham is kind of like has a steelers kind of feel uh, in the Premier League, but Wolverhampton Wanderers, I am a I'm a I'm a Spain national team, La Furia Roja. They have uh, Adama Traore. That man lit up Man City uh, at the beginning of the season. He scored a hat trick, if I'm not mistaken, against them, against a, a lesser team, prime, ready to go, first game back. I can see them. And they're they're playing away, so they're playing in London, but with no crowd noise. That that nullifies some of the jitters that that London Stadium would have, because West Ham does have a really good fan basis, and they can get into people's heads. I agree. I, I think three zero. That's 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 generous. That's actually. generous. Actually, they they have the abilities. Yeah, it's very generous. Now the next one, Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace. This is a toss up game. To be honest. It could go either way. Um, I think it's based on injury. I, I'm going to be very honest. I think Bournemouth should win this just based off the relegation fight. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Crystal Palace, that's a... In another episode, we'll talk to you about where everybody's location. Crystal Palace is like the Detroit Lions of, of London. <laughs> they're in that the southern, they're really gritty in that aspect. Um 
they have less than 10 points uh, differentiating them. Uh, Crystal Palace is 11th. Bournemouth is in 18th. Um, yeah, I, I can see... And to be all honest, the last two, two campaigns... 2-1 Bournemouth. The last two campaigns, I'm going to be very honest, Bournemouth has somehow Giant figured cares. out... They figured out how to get out of relegation. Yeah, I they mean... Just, they've, they're always almost down there. They're always fighting to get themselves out, and somehow they just luckily get... And you know the the sixteenth or the fifteenth spot, and uh, they beat some good. They beat like some top like top tier teams. They're giant killers. Like they they've, they've been bears Chelsea uh, yeah. a couple of times. Already. We lost we lost to Bournemouth last year near the end of the season. Either, yeah, where we were like, oh no, do not lose Champions League because of Bournemouth. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna jump into the Sunday games: uh, Newcastle versus Sheffield United. Um, I like Sheffield United bouncing back from that uh, that issue, and uh, I'm actually going to give them a one nil win over Newcastle. Uh, I I agree. I think Sheffield bounces back from it. Um, you know who has worse luck than Sheffield United? Newcastle United. Uh, up there in the north, uh, they are a one city team. They have a great fanship, but they've never been able to do anything. Even though they've had the likes of Alan Shearer. I think it's 2-1. I think uh, Sheffield. I think Newcastle can uh, get a goal past them, but I think Sheffield United wins a 2-1. Next game is Aston Villa versus our Lions over here at Chelsea. It's the Battle of the Lions, actually. Yeah. And um, I actually think is we're we're actually a healthy team right now. Uh, I always get jittery when we're playing a, a lower tier team just because we, we play down to our, our competition. But I, I do think Chelsea wins 2-0. Yeah, I mean, after watching after watching Sheffield United play Arsenal, I mean, they you were... Mean Aston Villa. Aston Villa, I apologize. Aston Villa. Um, they, they were the more impressive team. One could say that, you know, they should have scored another goal. Um, why couldn't they score... But Aston Villa, they have had a history before in the past of, of, of putting up a little bit of a fight. It'd be interesting because this is kind of a pseudo John Terry v. Uh, Frank Lampard matchup again, even though John Terry is not the main manager there. Um, I think Chelsea, not to, be unbi- not to be biased or anything, I think Chelsea has a lot of momentum. They went into that 100-day quarantine period on a high note. We've got some um, some signings that have really gotten the team amped up. We're in this glorious revolution. Uh, I think I think Chelsea beat Aston Villa, and we're fighting for a Champions League spot. Yeah. So it's it's just part of it. The last game for uh, this week, going into Sunday, is actually a very unique game because it's Everton versus Liverpool, and I actually think um, the math does do it correct. If Liverpool beats Everton uh, this weekend, they they're they're good to go. Yeah, they. Uh, this is huge, guys. They'll mm. they'll they'll lock down the Premier League title. Uh, but the the cool thing is is because Everton's fans are not there, uh, it makes it a lot safer. Uh, <laughs> a lot, lot safer of a game. This is a we were, side derby. A lot of a lot of people um, were really worried about this this game because if it's at Everton. Um, so if the fandom was there, 
Liverpool versus Everton, and Liverpool is going to secure the Premier League against Everton. Uh, there could have been riots in the streets. Liverpool haven't won. So Liverpool, for those of you guys who don't have some context, Liverpool used to be this massive powerhouse team. I know we kind of like shit on them or shite on them a little bit, but that's just because there's bones to pick through history. But Liverpool haven't won a Premier League title or they haven't won a a top flight title in like 30 plus years. So a lot of the big teams that have been winning it consistently in the last 10 to 15 years have a bone to pick with this. Nobody really wants Liverpool to win. But on top of that, they're fighting their rivals in their own hometown, guys. This is like the Super Bowl being played against if they were actually good the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys or the Steelers and the Ravens like these 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 die hard um Penguins Caps Stanley Cup final like this is where you guys are are going at each other you have a historic rivalry you but on top of that you have your own home advantage like like let's say that for some reason, the Giants and the Jets were somehow phenoms and they played against each other. Or the Mets and the Yankees, when they used to do their Subway series, it's like that. It's not only just league uh, league reputation on the line, but it is home court, it is home turf uh, bragging rights on the lines. And the fact that it is with no crowd, I think gives Everton an advantage but it doesn't because it's playing it at Everton's. I think a home crowd would have benefited I, Everton. I actually liked at the uh, Academy of Science. So there was a, a player uh, for Everton who I'm not like a massive fan of, but I, I think he's a, a good player. Uh, Rich Carlson. Uh, he oh, came Rich Carlson? out. Yeah, he yeah, came yeah. out and said, "Yes, Van Dyke is a very good player. Van Dyke is one of the center backs for Liverpool. Overrated. He he goes he goes." But I've dribbled past them multiple times, so I'm not really worried about Van Dyke. Yeah. Uh, so I actually like I like that out of their 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 striker to come out and say, "Hey, I don't care how good you think your defensive uh, center back is. I've gone past him before, and I'm going to score." Um, I'd actually like to see Everton win this game. I don't know if they can, but I would love just to upset Liverpool fans that. It would really throw that extra asterisk if the league ends up shutting down again because if Everton beats them, that gives us rumors that, you know, Liverpool could have lost the rest yeah. of the season. Liverpool, it, just so you guys know, Liverpool was on a... Th- so Liverpool went... They almost... They were trying... I mean, they weren't really going for it, but they were trying to beat Arsenal's unbeaten... Uh, uh, record, uh, never losing a game, not winning every single game, but just never losing every game. Because remember, you can draw. Uh, post right before COVID lockdown, they were on a three-game losing streak. Some of that was at the hands of Chelsea. So Everton beating Liverpool, not out of the realm, just because it's a historic rivalry. Everton will play tooth and nail. They do not want to give Liverpool their first title in 30 years in their own home. They are, this is, this is 
American Revolution. This is this is freaking Marion Fox, Mel Gibson versus General Crumb Wallace. Like they do not want to lose. They won't. They don't have to necessarily win, but they definitely don't want to lose. A draw is favorable to them, but I actually think this game might get sloppy, might get handsy. I think they are going to go at each other. I see Everton winning three to two. I see. Th- I see it being a shit show of a game. <laughs> like, I could see it. I could see that happening. All right, guys, we're we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this first episode. Um, I'll turn it over to Professor. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Hopefully, you love what you hear. Give us some comments. Give us some feedbacks. We'll adapt as we go. Remember, Project Restart. We have. 39 days of madness and games. We will cover all of them. Until then, we'll see.